Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Right now, small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. So go to Indeed, the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. All right, all right, everybody. You know what time it is. Hey, it is it is time for the iPhone 12 Pro review. I teased it last week. Renee Ritchie coming on the show for us to talk shop, to go back and forth. I call it like a dual review or a, a dual review. Get it? Like dual versus dual. Does that make sense? Okay, anyways, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Let's get right into it. This is an hour-long in-depth back and forth. We also talk about Apple Silicon and why that's going to be exciting for us as well. So just hold on to your butts. Here it is, the iPhone 12 dual review with myself and Renee Ritchie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls in the house, I, I don't know, I'm going to call you the Apple guru extraordinaire. Renee Ritchie joining us because we're going to talk all about iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12, iPhone Er thing. Renee, thanks so much for coming out and hanging out, man. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. It's one of my favorite places to be. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so Renee, um, first of all, there might be people there might be people out there that aren't familiar with your work. I gotta show love to you. You're a indie creator that started up recently and is just doing amazing. So let people know kind of what you do and where they can find you. Yeah, I, I make videos uh, about Apple, sort of educational video essays about Apple, their products, and what I think their strategies and and business and their place in the industry. And I'm just at youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie. I get very, very boring with my <laughs> my URL schemes. Hey, I, I, mine's Brian Tong. I think that's okay. I think I'm a good company then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, for people that may not also know, how long, if you even have a number on it. You and I have both been covering Apple for a while, but how long have you actually been covering Apple? I got hired uh, for what became iMore. Back then, it had, I forget, I think it was called the, the iPhone, no, phone different by Dieter Bone, now at The Verge, back in 2008. 2000, so we're talking about 2008, we're at 20, so at roughly 12, 12 plus years or so, right? Yeah. So, you know, you and I have seen a lot of things. Also, you know, we are users. We've been deep in that ecosystem for a while. So, Obviously, the big thing right now, this is iPhone season, as they say, yes. and um, the 12 Pro came out. I have not seen anyone's reviews deliberately, so this is why I love talking to you because you and I are going to kind of have fresh takes with each other. So I kind of wanted to, I know it's saying, what do you think about the iPhone 12, but what did you think about the iPhone 12 <laughs> Pro specifically? And then we'll kind of just kind of play off from there. Yeah, I, I really like the Pro. It's still my default phone for, I guess, two main reasons. One is the camera. I, I love the what Apple calls a telephoto. It's really like 54 millimeters, so it's barely a telephoto. But I just love the way a 50 millimeter looks, like 50 to 80 for portraits, for product, photography, videography. I love the compression you get. I just love the way... I love the whole look of it. So that's really important, and I really miss it when it's not on a phone. And then also six gigabytes of RAM. And I know Apple doesn't make a big deal about RAM because it's such a different thing than on Android because there's no native, it's a native language, it's not interpreted. It doesn't have to carry a bunch of baggage for different vendor implementations. There's no garbage collection. So you, you don't need as much RAM on, on an iPhone as you do on an Android phone. But still, like 
Even things like Pokemon Go and Instagram stay in memory for hours and I'm shocked. I press the button and they're just running and I'm just not used to that feeling. So now I know what your top two most used apps are. I mean, those, those are the examples you gave. So you're, you're still rocking that Pokemon Go. Is that what you're telling me? I have, you know, for various reasons, I'm not, I'm not 100% happy with how Niantic has been handling it through, mm. you know, all of 2020. So I don't play as much anymore, but it's still because it fires GPS and the screen and all the radios and it just, it is the fastest way for me to deplete an iPhone. So I still use it for testing, battery testing every time. So, you know, for, for me, obviously, you know, we both come from an 11 Pro. So I like to lay that groundwork as a perspective because that does definitely change how you perceive the iPhone 12 Pro, depending on what phone you've come from. A lot of people aren't always on the the latest phone the year before. Now, for for me, I jumped to the 11 Pro. I never got a 10s. I had a 10, skipped the 10s, and then jumped to the 11 Pro and was blown away by the camera system, how fluid it was, the triple lens, how they're using that. Now, with the 12 Pro being a creator, a video creator like you. You know, cameras matter, and obviously, not only are the stills really, really, really good, but the video on an iPhone is second to none when we're talking about just the image quality. Um, And so Dolby Vision HDR got me really excited. I think after playing with it for a while, we've realized that it's kind of way ahead of its time from a standpoint of it's going to take some time for apps. People may not know this, and I mean, I got really excited about Dolby Vision HDR, and I still am. But the workflow right now is really self-contained, and maybe this is kind of done deliberately too, in a way where you got to use, you know, iMovie. You've got to then you sometimes you got to use iMovie even to bring the files over to um, Final Cut Pro, and that's not even the easiest. But really, the the best kind of seamless least barrier to entry is iPhone 12 Pro, iMovie on that device, and then publish it. I tried putting HDR video on an Instagram posts, and it it didn't know what to do with it. It completely blew it out, like. They don't have a way to handle Dolby Vision HDR yet. With Twitter, at least they put a normal video up there. They didn't oversaturate. They didn't. They found whatever they converted it to. That was all right. I used Adobe Premiere actually to edit. It didn't obviously take it in as HDR. So I love the fact that it's there. But unless I'm going iPhone to iMovie to final product, which I'm not, we can't really take full advantage of it yet. I had similar, although a little bit different experiences. For some reason, it worked on Instagram, and I don't know why that oh, is. I just assumed it was taking, because Apple's recording both the HDR tone map and the SDR tone map at the same time, and it's supposed to give it to whatever device appreciates it. And I didn't think Instagram would have a way to tell, but and maybe I just got lucky or the specifics of that video didn't show any highlights that mm. were blowing it out. But it just it seemed to look like a normal video. But like I pulled it into Final Cut Pro and I was in a Rec. 709 timeline and it said, ah, you need a Rec. 2020 timeline for this or you need to use HDR tools and set it to 709. And I did that and then it's just like it's so dull at that point. And this was before the iMovie update came out. But it's I'm happy they did it because it just it looks phenomenal. Mm. And I'll be super happy in like two months when all the apps and everything have caught up with it. Because even if I, I don't use the HDR... Just saving myself with those two extra stops of dynamic range if I under or overexpose something is going to be great. I mean, they, it looks amazing on the phone, right? I mean, when you have an HDR video, it it pops off the phone. You know, you even see for a moment when it displays it, it, it kind of, it when it's in your gallery, it's neut- it's normal looking. And then right when it's about to play, it just pops and you're like, oh, okay. Like, 
I like the fact that we can actually see the difference. But to your point, it you know we're gonna have to wait a little bit for others to catch up and for things to figure itself out. But it also kind of was indicative to me of with the iPhone 12 Pro, a lot of things here where this is still a great phone, but there's a lot of things that are kind of um I don't want I don't know if it's 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 future proofing itself, but you still kind of have to wait a little bit for it. You know, we talk about 5G, which Apple obviously touted. They brought in Verizon, the major carrier partner. Um, I don't know about you, but where I live, and I'm on AT&T, and it sounds like Verizon is more, at least more prolific, but still not widespread. I don't, I went to three locations within uh, probably around a five mile radius, you know, different cities or areas in, in Southern California. And I never got any type of 5G plus signal. We're not talking about 5GE, which is what appears on your phone, but 5G plus. So I never experienced it at all. It's not even in my immediate area. Um, So, and I've got to imagine, and I'm pretty sure you're right, that's more common than not. You know, when we see some of the videos, people are seeking out a specific 5G, (laughs) but most of us do not have it around us. So that's kind of another way of how this thing is a little ahead of its time, but still really good, but still a little ahead of its time. I, I don't know how you feel about the whole 5G situation. Yeah, it's it's interesting and it's complicated and it feels like in many ways LTE was just such a consistent, sane implementation no matter where you went. We got rid of all the CDMA versus GSM versus EDFO, sorry, EVDO versus HSPA. We got rid of all that nonsense mm-hmm. and now it's all back again with the vengeance with 5G mm-hmm. because the US has millimeter wave, high band 5G and almost nobody else has that. Um, and that's when you get the 5G plus on AT&T or the 5G wideband on Verizon, not even branding millimeter wave the same way. So you see like MKBHD and it's, you know, driving down the streets of New York, hunting for that millimeter wave signal or whatever. Most of the world has in some ways more mature 5G. Canada is sort of in the middle. Our auctions got pushed off because of 2020 till next year. So we have low and a little bit of mid band, but for some like strange, lucky I wonder if Rogers and and Telus and Bell are stalking me on Twitter reasons. My like my neighborhood around three blocks around my house is lit up with. I don't want to hear this, Renee. 5G. I don't want to hear this at all. It's 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 only two. It's two times faster. It's not like millimeter wave. So I okay. get like 150 on LTE, and I get like 300 on 5G. Down. That's still that's still that's still awesome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they. I think. Clearly, you put out you put a little birdie out to your context, like, "Hey guys, I'm testing these phones. If you want your service to look really good, why don't you just bump it up a little bit?" So you've at least experienced a bump, not the kind of ultra crazy right next to the antenna type millimeter wave type stuff, but you've actually seen a, a increase, and you're happy with it. Yeah, I don't think most of the world is ever going to get millimeter wave. I think that's going to end up being like in dense U.S. cities and arenas and places like that. So. There's two things I really like about it. One is, yeah, there's a speed increase, which is nice. But like you said, unless you're sitting on top of the antenna by yourself in a city, you never get the full potential. But just the, it goes from 20 to 100 in terms of aggregation. And that just means like a five times increase in throughput. So it can handle much more signal on all of those towers. And especially for people who are used to getting really bad LTE, even if they just replace that with, FR1, frequency range one, like the low band, mid band, uh, the low band and mid band of 5G, they'll be so much better off. Even just the Qualcomm modems, now they go two gigabit LTE, they'll be so much better off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so, you know, speed 5G, 
I guess for you, you're happy with it because you experienced at least a speed bump. Yeah. But r- the realistic aspect of it is, you know, like I said, a lot of us are not going to really, I don't even know, quite honestly. I mean, I live in Southern California in the quote unquote valley area, um, which doesn't have too many obstructions, but is not, let's say, as dense as downtown LA. I don't know if I'm going to see it anytime soon, especially from AT&T, right? It feels like Verizon is the one that's specifically really pushing at least harder from a standpoint of building out that millimeter wave network. Um, But again, it's still not going to be readily available. It's not like they're going to put one right out my street unless I tell them my address right now. (laughs) But... You know, well, it's also it, like the U.S. doesn't have the mid the doesn't have the midband spectrum. I think mm-hmm. T-Mobile has some of the best, and they just put out N41, which is really really good midband. But I think like Verizon, AT&T, they just don't have the lower band capacity, so they're going in on MM wave, and the rest of the world, sorry, millimeter wave, the rest of the world is just laughing because they've got tons of yeah. midband frequency, and they'll be just fine without it. The other thing um, with this iPhone 12 Pro, and I didn't realize when I picked it up, it felt a little wider and chunkier you know it's a square design i still think this is for me this is the best you know it, this is a retro modern design right we're bridging the yeah. four and the five making it tighter making it look gorgeous i don't know how you felt because everyone kind of has this is a personal thing but when i gripped it did you i actually preferred the 11 pro in my hand whether it's a case or not i'm not saying this is bad this is not going to stop me from buying one but for you because it's a boxier and it's not as smooth did it make it wider to hold for you or are you actually more comfortable for you to hold yeah, well, it's those two things is that it went in, it went up in size from 5.8 to 6.1. So it went from the size, like the, the previous iPhone 11 Pro was smaller and it, now it's the same size as the 11, as the 10R. And so it is physically bigger and you have those squares on it. And I, I love the aesthetic, like that iPhone 4 brawn and mm-hmm. Leica. It's just so good to look at. But because we lost the curves and increased the size at the same time, I, I like the size. I always prefer the, the 11 and the 10R size. It's like the Goldilocks size for me. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like more of a chunk when you're holding it. And some people like it because it feels more secure. It's digging into yeah. your hands. And other people hate it. It's like, stop digging into my hands. Yeah. it's You know what? It, it, I even put on my video, right? Um, so I had to look this up just to give people reference. So the average male hand span, so for time from like, Thumb to pinky average. We're, we're talking about hand size here, okay? Not NBA. It, not NBA players. Just yeah, not, not, not NBA players. I mean, they're, they're going to need a max their whole life, right? They're not going to be doing... The mini's going to look like a domino in their fingers, right? Yes. But um, ma- uh, average male hand span, 7.6 inches. Female, 6.8. I have just um, around an 8-inch hand span because... And actually surprising because I play a lot of basketball. My hands are typically the same size or bigger than a lot of people that are bigger than me. They're like, dude, your hands are big for your size. I'm like, thank you very much. Basketball related. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I use that as a reference because for me, you know, whether I have the thinnest silicon case or not, reaching to this extreme side now with my thumb is harder for me. Before, I kind of comfortably would get right on top of that letter that I think the L on the end. But now with the new design, I really have to like overextend that thumb and that's what I feel, right? That That's where I'm like, oh, this does feel different. And it's again, it's not going to stop me from getting this phone, but you definitely feel it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's sort of why there's a mini this year, because that'll answer the people who really just always wanted a premium, smaller-sized phone. And also the bigger Macs, because they're going to figure, you got to use two hands anyway. We might as mm. well give you like a bigger two-handed experience to go with. What do you think about um, MagSafe? You know, everyone kind of has their different take on it. We just had recently seen how um, Zolotech on YouTube 
pretty much did this like crazy power adapter test with all these different power adapters. And for people that aren't familiar with it, what his findings were is that, you know, Apple tells us with MagSafe, you can get the highest throughput is 15 watts. But in his findings, only the new 20 watt Apple adapter, power adapter, if you were talking about Apple chargers right now, was the only one that was able to get to that 15 watts. Um, I think the 18 watt adapter that came before it hit around 13. Even if you used Apple's MacBook 96 watt power adapting, uh, power adapter charging it, it only peak at 10 watts. So that's something that, you know, we'll talk about the charger thing later, but you know, with MagSafe, what, what's your take on it? I, I, I love it because it kind of bridges a little bit of retro to me. I don't need it, but it, it does definitely have like kind of a fun fidget nostalgia factor. And you know, it's, it's magnets on wireless charging that has always existed, but uh, in Apple style, they kind of made it cool. Just, just cause, right? There, there's really, I don't know if we need it, but it's still, and it's something to the future of a platform that they're doing a lot of accessories, but I don't know if they need it. It doesn't perform as well as even a wired, but it's still really cool. I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I love how they sort of low-key sold it as solving a problem that they created because ever since they introduced the inductive charging with the iPhone 8 and iPhone 10, the backs have been just so slippery. If you put them on anything but a level surface, they'll race a Nexus 4 to, you know, to, to <laughs> crash diving on the floor. Uh, I think only the Galaxy uh, Flip now is has less friction coefficient than an iPhone. And wireless charging those, it's annoying because if you aren't perfect with your placement, it's gonna slide off that charger and not charge. And so this sort of solves that, which is, and it's weird it took them this long because they had, they, that's why they did it on the Apple Watch because it was a small size and they wanted to make sure it was a you know, perfect connection. And it makes, if you're gonna go wireless charging, it makes a lot of sense to me that you ensure, just like you have the plugs that physically position it in the wall, you have those magnets that physically position it. And I've seen some of the tests, and I forget because electrical engineering is not my forte, but there's <laughs> like a either. voltage, <laughs> there's like a voltage limit. Like if it hits a certain voltage, it'll switch to the 15 uh, watt charging. And there's some like anchor and other third parties that hit that. And so it trips it into that mode, but not others. So it's like, I understand there's watts and amps and volts. I have no idea how they relate. <laughs> to each other but like apparently it's more than just wattage and if you look on the thing you'll see a number and if it's that number then you're fine but to me that's just like it's an added level of complexity i just want to slap that sucker on the side like a face hugger from aliens and let it go just just let's do its thing is you know did what do you think about the magsafe cases uh are you i can't remember did you you held up your phone is it are you are you a naked iphone guy yeah, I tend to keep it the way that, you know, nature and Johnny Ive intended. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's good or bad or not. I mean, how, how about this? I'm, I'm assuming you get AppleCare. How many accidents have you had? Because, see, I, I jumped on the naked bandwagon for a while with the 10, and literally right when I decided to take the case off, okay, fine, I had to drop. That wasn't, like, on purpose or, in, on in, you know, it just was a freak thing. But I literally got it serviced, and then the next week it fell out of my hand I from – arguably only two feet and then the screen shattered again i'm like okay the naked life was not meant for me right i used those two uses in less than a week so i just kind of like ran back to my little casey case but for you i mean have you been have you had many accidents with it so i did it for many 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 years and then i had two accidents with the iphone 8 i as soon as i got it it slid off a table and, and smashed onto tiles and i'm like ah oh, the glass back and that made me reassess it um, and I had that fixed right away. And then the same winter, I was 
walk. I, I was too lazy to walk to where the stairs were, and I'm like, it's Canada, and I just walked down the hill to get to the entry le- entry door for the wall for the mall. And sometimes you have snow on top of ice, and I put my foot down, and I just slid, and I fell and landed right on my pocket that had the phone on it. So I feel like that iPhone eight gave its life for me. But it was just completely, it hit the ice and just completely shattered. So two of, two of them knock wood. Mm, mm. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring this video. Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's crucial in business as it is in health. And if you're in charge of hiring, it should be in every job description. Whether you're ready to make your next important hire or need some rehiring tips, Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Okay, so, you know, we talked about uh, MagSafe stuff, and it leads to kind of the whole charger, including it or not. What has been your take from the start, and has it changed now that you have the iPhone 12 Pro? You mean, like, not having the charger in the box? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I think it's, like, I get it from an intellectual point of view, where it allows, yes, it's one less component, yes, it's smaller boxes, fits more in a container, all of that, yes, but just, it feels like it's the wrong time. Like, I feel like I'm Walt Mossberg telling Steve Jobs he took something away a year too early because most people don't have the USB-C adapters and it's just, it just, it creates a bad experience and that's never the sort of thing you want to see from Apple. It's like, a lot of people won't know there's no charger. They'll assume there is one, so they'll get home and they'll open the box and there won't be one or they won't have one or they'll have to find an older cable and Apple doesn't have the, mo- the greatest durability on their cables. So I-, I think if they had done this as a gradual process, like announced, you know, we're, we're including... We're including them in the box this year, but next year we're going to stop, so make sure. Or just done something like, if you really need one, check this box and we'll ship one to you. Because for now, it just seems like it's a. It's sort of like when they, they moved from dock to lightning. It theoretically wasn't a problem, but they didn't have adapters available for like two or three weeks. So it was chaos. Just make sure people have what they need until they're really, until we can really, like they're really comfortable and happy with it, and then move us forward. And I know this is like, it's the same thing with, taking the the headphone jack away but creating airpods it sort of drives people to the future but even the magsafe doesn't come with the stupid plug and that to me is like well you can't just take that away and then say buy magsafe and then like the magsafe doesn't come with it at least give it to me stupid magsafe you know this is i i've what's interesting to me is i've been so used to hearing people say oh we don't need the charger like i literally have the same exact take as you you know i I see what they're doing and you know it's envir- of all the companies Apple sells so many phones I'm glad that they're 
stepping up and they've done this for years quite honestly about being conscious about the environment but but that that's still it's part of the story but not necessarily the whole story when you even just putting a lightning to USB-C cable there's a lot of people that are going to think it's the same cable they've had right they're going to look at it and not really look at it you know cuz you and I we're deep in this tech thing but I always think first of like my mom like who's really yeah. the general most common apple user right they're going to open that thing up, they pull out the cord, and then they're going to tr- they they might even try and like kind of force connect it to the power yep. adapter that they have, and they're going to wonder why it doesn't work. And then they're going to have to go to the shop, someone's going to have to tell them this. They're going to have to buy a $19 power adapter for a yep. connection they don't have. The thing that really struck me is every time I was uh, you know, vocal about not being happy that they don't put a power adapter in for all the reasons that you talked about, people's first thing would be Oh, just plug it into a MacBook with USB-C. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how many people have a MacBook or MacBook Pro and an iPhone that happens to have a USB-C port? I would guess, I don't know. I'm going to guess it's under 20% of iPhone users. It might be less. I don't know this for a fact, but it's not a lot. It's not anywhere near 50%. That's for sure. So, you know, it also reminds me sometimes the perspective of a lot of Apple users. If you're an early adopter and you move forward, you think... And Apple wants this too, quite honestly. You think that, oh, like you live the Apple way. There's a solution. Go go buy this. Go that. But this is not what is for the normal user. And so for me, it's really frustrating to see before we even found out about MagSafe charging only at its optimal point with the new power adapter that is not included. That just added another kind of bullet point to why they should have included the $19 power adapter, yeah. or to your point, a great point, create some sort of transitional year, right? Something, or even, and someone would say, oh, why don't you just put in the pros? Well, guess what? I think actually the people that are buying the 12 and the 12 mini are the ones that aren't familiar about the fact that yeah. this is a new connection versus the pro and pro max users. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it's gonna, it's unfortunate that, like you said, they're they're ahead of time, but I don't I don't think there's a reason to do this, and it's more frustrating than it's for people like you and I. I remember I bit the bullet about a year ago, and I bought all these USB C power adapters, and I was mad yeah. about it, but I knew, look, this is my MacBooks have it, got to get it for my Apple Watch. I just want to be on that same thing, but that is not the normal experience for your general Apple consumer. And so, you know, I could have said, yeah, yeah just go buy a power adapter. No, I'm not. It should have been included. Yeah, and I feel like I'm, I, I think you are too at times, like at war with our with, with our tech nerdy friends who just, who keep forgetting that normal people don't live our lives. Like they, they don't get phones every year like we do. They don't have the latest ports. Like most people have a several year old iPhone and, and can and have a Windows PC with like really old USB-A ports. And so every time someone says like, oh, Apple should do all this USB-C things, like especially years ago, it's like no, nobody has that. You have eight of those because you bought both versions of the Switch and you have 19 Android phones and it just came like the vendor sent them all to you. But mm. don't people just try to live their lives. <laughs> they don't have this. They don't know what this is. They don't know why people hate them. So they, they keep changing the cable on them and they're going to cut us at a certain point if we don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't I know they're not going to change this but I just I just think exact I just think about my mom and yep. there's no same. way she's going to I don't even you know we don't even live in the same city and if she whenever that happens the fact that I have to explain it to her is already a bad experience. 
I just ordered, like I have a relative who's updating um, from the 6S and I just ordered it for them with the power cable, mm. with, with the power adapter, because I, I just didn't, otherwise it would be a constant stream of why, why are they doing mm-hmm. this to me? Were there any other um, things we haven't talked about for you that stood out, whether good or bad, about the 12 Pro with your experience? No, I mean, I, I think battery life is going to be a little bit harder on this, especially if you are using the new recording modes a lot and you are on 5G. Like if I go onto 5G, I can watch the battery. And I'm not even on millimeter wave, which I've heard is worse. I can watch the battery go down. Apple's using the X55 modem, which is another thing that's hilarious to me because like everyone's complaining about 5G on the iPhone. Like you can't use 5G on dual SIM and you can't, uh, there's a couple other things. I'm like, that's the X55 modem. That's what everybody on Android has been living with for a year. This is not anything new. It's just Apple, like it starts now, but Apple didn't invent the pain now. That pain is just real. So I think like for this generation, we're, we're going to be hit harder on battery life than we will be next year when there's like an X60 or a 65 modem on a 7 or 5 nanometer process and the, the power management is way better again. Yeah, you know what's weird for me? Um, I know there's always going to be updates and patches, but once iOS 14 came out, it destroyed my 11 Pro battery and my oh, 11 no. Pro hasn't recovered since. Like, I don't even use widgets on main home screens. It's just on the side still. You know, I, so it's weird that at least right now, up to this point, every day, um, my 12 Pro gets gets about now maybe three, four hours more than my 11 Pro did after the yeah. hit. So it's weird. And I know like every, pretty much for most people, it's been less. But I can only speak from my own experiences. Maybe that changes over time. Who knows? Maybe they fix whatever's affecting my 11 Pro. My battery health is perfectly fine on it. But um, it's kind of funny for me. I'm like, hey, my battery life's better. I like this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's going to be different for different people. Also, depending on your use case, I don't ever access 5G. So that probably helps as well, right? Yeah. And we're, and we're mostly home anyways. We're on Wi-Fi like all the time. It's true. Like I, up until I was doing these tests, I don't know the last time I used cellular data. Yeah. I, I have no idea. But like to your point, it's just like a lot of people will say, hey, are you having this problem on your iPhone? Like especially on Twitter or they'll link me to a discussion thread. And it's just like, there's a billion of these phones on the market now, and everything is so butterfly effect. Like every different app you have, every different configuration, it, like it means that only a small percentage of people have any particular problem, but that's still millions of people. And I feel bad when I don't have it because I can't help troubleshoot it. And especially like when there's a new operating system, it feels like there's always some people mm-hmm. who get a really bad battery hit whenever there's a new OS. Some people get uh, their Bluetooth fixed or broken, get their Wi-Fi fixed or broken. And it's just, it's, it's not enough people that you can say it's it's like a major issue. It's just, oh, these this combination of this app and this setting and this thing is just destroying you. And it's going to take to like 14.2 or 3 before Apple figures it out. I always get super frustrated. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for 14.2 because I'm anticipating the emojis to finally be unlocked <laughs> that I've been waiting for for how long now? I, I want year, my emojis. Right? Feels like. Yeah, it's you know it, it takes some time. Um, so Renee, at least if we we're sticking with the 12 Pro at the moment, um, how would what's your take on for a recommendation depending on what a user has? Who is this phone for? If you're talking about a potential upgrade. Yeah. So for me, like if you, if you mean like just the difference between the 12 and the 12 Pro, or in general. Or, oh, sorry. Let's say how about this? Whatever phone you have right now, what is it worth going to a 12 Pro? We'll start with that. 
Yeah, so I, I never really, I don't ever think it's really worth people upgrading. Like I think now the phones last three, four years, they're just mm-hmm. fine. So my always advice is just wait as long as you possibly can to upgrade and then buy when you absolutely have to and then just enjoy the hell out of it because there'll always be something next. So don't feel like, oh, but uh, you know, now I'm upset because they made a 2.0 version. There'll just always be something next. The triggers for me is if it has been like, especially if you're no longer getting updates on your phone, like the iPhone 6 is no longer being updated, or if it's long enough that, you know, like there'll be a really big jump from an iPhone 6S or iPhone 7. And a lot of people are on yearly update programs now, so they just get the new phone. It doesn't matter. But otherwise, you have to really want, like I know people who the iPhone is their only camera, and they'll say Mm -hmm. things like, it's what I take pictures of my kids with, and I can never go back in time and get a better photo of my kids so I always want the best camera I can every year and so so if that's you like you're you're upgrading every year anyway so to me it's like those two those two edge cases sorry those two extremes either buy when your old device really ages out or just get like figure out the early annual update thing and either way you'll be fine yeah it's it's I mean I think quite honestly you and I are lock and step with our entire evaluation of the 12 pro and I think it it partially comes from how much maybe we've seen of things. You know what I'm saying? Where some people yeah. are like, get it. It's the greatest. I'm like, dude, if you have an 11 Pro, there is honestly no reason to get the 12 yeah. Pro in, in my mind. Like I said it on my review. If I was not reviewing tech, I would I would definitely not upgrade right now. You know, uh, the camera is what gets me excited and until Dolby Vision HDR catches up or the rest of the world, I guess we should say, catches up to Dolby Vision HDR then and that's compelling for you, then then go for it. But, you know, even if you got a 10s, you got a 10, you, if you're happy with your phone, don't upgrade. You know, there's it. no need to have this FOMO. You watch it. I think that if if I think about it, because I don't watch everyone's reviews because I don't want it to influence my thoughts before my review, I think if you keep on watching these reviews, I think it almost tells you, like, I should upgrade, I should upgrade, I should upgrade. Because everyone's talking about the newest thing. And you just watch four or five of these things, I got to imagine that's going to influence you a little bit. Well, I just, like, again, I, I, I'm really pressing for, like, a revolution a little bit in, in mm-hmm. how we handle this stuff because, like, technology is mature now. It used to be, like, sm- like, smartphones were, like, very different, and there were all sorts of, like, 10 years ago, you never knew what was happening. It was Palm Pre, the iPhone, and the Palm Pre, and then the G1. It was just, like, all fresh and crazy every year. But mm-hmm. they're really established now. And you don't see car reviewers really talk about, should you update from Toyota 2020 to Toyota 2021? <laughs> or like appliance, like wire cutters, not like, if you have Frigidaire 2020, should you get Frigidaire 2021? Like it just, it doesn't even enter their minds. They're like, this is the fridge we recommend now. If you're in the market for a fridge, you should get this fridge. Here's the less expensive version. Here's the premium option. But it's never like year over year upgrades. And I wish we get over that too because I don't think anybody should year over year upgrade unless you are that self-identified tech nerd you're on a yearly update program or like you want to hand yours down and and get a new one for whatever reason like there's some super compelling feature otherwise I think we should treat this stuff like everything else has been treated for years now and just give people buying advice for that year and I think what's interesting and obviously we know that this is part of the equation is that when you combine a product that does yearly updates. And then, you know, the fact that whether it's Android or Apple, you have a certain level of fan- fanaticism around yeah. it, right? That That's what really drives it. Because if we looked at these things like refrigerators or even like TVs, 
There's no way yeah. we would. Oh, there's no way we would upgrade it every there's year. There's a new but, TV every year, but you don't think about it every year. Yeah, right. And you know, TVs. Okay, you have like higher end TVs on the let's say let's call it like over two thousand dollar range, right? Yeah. But a phone is arguably half that price for the top tier model, and people are still getting one. There are uh, there's a good uh, group of people that are still getting one every year, yeah. and I. It, it it's also kind of speaks to maybe how where we're at as um I don't know I mean we'll, we're kind of going on tangent a society where you know I think we're so influenced by you know keeping up with the Joneses seeing social yeah. media posts of what someone has because for example you know I was very fortunate and Sony hooked me up with a PS5 and people were like oh my gosh oh my gosh right and it I think that type of thinking influences you to always want the newest thing because you see someone quote unquote with influence. I hate the word influencer, but you see someone with influence that has the newest thing. You want that newest thing too. For sure. Instead of like, it's okay. You don't gotta, you don't gotta have it. Like I didn't get an Xbox. I'm okay. Right. Like Microsoft didn't send me the newest series X. I'm okay with that. Like we shouldn't be so wrapped up with this idea of how people perceive us based on the phone that we have, but we do. I mean, you, you see it. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, like I just like I, I go to my mom with this. Too. Like my mom is still using an iPhone seven, and she hasn't said word one. Like she looks, she watches the Apple events because she knows I'm interested in them, and she thinks some of the stuff is cool. But you know, and she, I think she has an original iPad Pro still, and she it, it works. So she has no intention mm-hmm. of upgrading. But like every few years, she'll be like, I want to redo like the counters in my kitchen, or I want to get a new phone. It's just, or I I need a new TV because like it's not working as well anymore. Or but it's it's like. They'll get around to it eventually when it feels like they need something new, but it's not this year over year sort of drive thing. I think that's just way healthier. Yeah, that's it's a it's a really interesting take that you kind of talk about changing the way we perceive these things. Although you know, you and I both know it's not going to happen anytime soon. But I think I think you're absolutely right on the money with that. Um, let's talk about 12 Pro versus 12. You know, two hundred dollars cheaper from a starting base price point. Um, Using the 12, other than no, um, you know, I, I just, I, I I barely feel any difference, quite honestly. Yeah. It's kind of amazing, actually, how good the 12 is versus the 12 Pro. I mean, you did, a, you basically compared the two in your review. What, what was your overall take on the 12 versus the 12 Pro? Yeah, it's super interesting to me uh, because at App- this year, for a variety of reasons, mostly because 2020 is just weird, Apple has an <laughs> iPad Air that is almost as good as an iPad Pro, just for a couple hundred bucks less, and an iPhone 12 that's almost as good as an iPhone 12 Pro, just for a couple hundred bucks less. And you can look at that because the prices on the Air and the iPhone 12 went up, uh, and Apple held the prices on the Pro and the iPhone 12 Pro, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> and Apple held the prices on the iPhone, on the a- iPad Pro and the iPhone 12 Pro. So you're getting almost a Pro for a little bit less, but then if you spend that little bit extra, you're getting the full-on Pro. And I think that almost caters to both audiences. Like I'm sure if they had their druthers, the Pros would have been much ho- better updated this year in a variety of ways. But for right now, it's like you can say, I have the iPhone 12 and I don't care about those things. I saved myself 200 bucks. Or you could say, it was only an extra 200 bucks and now I have these couple of extra things. And it, it really plays off both ways. And I, th- I think they accidentally, they fell into that sort of accidentally or because they, they figured out how to deal with 2020. 
I mean, I, they're also looking at the numbers of just how, you know, they, they can see every single, they don't reveal the sales numbers to us anymore, right? We kind of have to take estimations. But, you know, we've seen this. I mean, there are four iPhones in the lineup this year. You know, that's, yeah. there are four hitting at every price. This is, this is actually Tim Cook's kind of strategy now, fully optimized, where there was a time where we we're like, two phone models, you're crazy. 5C we got, and 5S? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Now it's four models. Did you did you miss anything, though, for, your, for yourself in the 12? Or it's just kind of that whole $200 decide or not decide? I mean, I know you talk about the camera a lot, um, but did, did you miss anything specifically just for you? Yeah, so it, like they again, they just raised the bar. Like it's got the OLED display, and I, I'm one of those people that you know OLED is nice, but on a phone, it's nowhere nearly as important to me as a television. And the iPhone 11 and 10R, the displays were so good. I, you know, I think it was just drama that separated them. Uh, so it was just like a nice to have. Like, it, but it, it greatly increased the cost of of those devices. For me, though, I I just I love that camera. Like I love having a telephoto camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will always reach for the Pro if it's available. Um, I do like the fancier colors, though, and I like that Apple yeah. is being more colorful, both on the Air and on the iPhone 12. And I just wish that they would they would allow Pros to be a little bit more, you know, just have a party at the industrial design group and let the Pros have some color, too. Like, maybe 2021 is that year, Renee, because the, th- the color I wanted the most of the entire lineup was that nice, frosty, sagey green color. Like, that's... yeah. I love that aesthetic. It's kind of pastel-y. It matches with so many color tones. And I'm like, but I, I need the, I, I got to go for the camera, but I look at the the, the green 12 and I'm like, damn, that thing looks, that thing looks beautiful. Um, I so want yeah. the product red on the Pro. Like just give me oh, the yeah. product oh, yeah. red on the Pro. Yes. Yeah. That look, you know, and it's, this is another thing that I noticed, you know, this year tech in general, obviously, right. Coronavirus has changed kind yeah. of our perspective and even maybe hopefully brought some of us back down earth of spending habits and just realize, you know, changing how we even deal with our finances. But I thought more at more than any year across the board, the tech community, tech reviewers talked about, we're almost arguably ex- more excited about color colors <laughs> this year on products than actual specs, because we talked about this. These products are so mature now. It's like people were saying out loud, should I upgrade because of this color? Like, you know, (laughs) I saw that a lot. I felt that, but I'm not going to do that. But, you know, this whole kind of color psychology is driving sales, not among, not even just among, but people in general. I got to imagine that that is playing a role. So they need to bring more. The pros look nice. I get it. You don't need to just because it says pro doesn't mean you have to have like the the snooty refined colors. Give me some of that fun. Give me some of that fun. Like, I, I refuse to believe manufacturers are stupid. I think sometimes their interests aren't aligned with consumers, uh, you know, because they're still profit-making businesses. But when you look at, like, what Huawei does with colors and what Samsung does with colors and what Apple does with colors, and I just remember the iPhone 5S and everyone making fun of the of the gold rumors and then the, the gold announcement and then being super angry that the gold <laughs> sold out and they couldn't get one. <laughs> And it's just like, these companies know, like they know what we're buying. They literally have the receipts for what we're buying. So they're not just doing this stuff to be silly, you know, that we want this stuff. Um, you know, you touched on something that I forgot to ask you about and probably one of my biggest bugaboos, at least of the presentation versus um, what we know and Apple's 
use of the word zoom range, right? Not, yeah. and using the word optical zoom range. Now, I know that myself and many people that saw that at first thought we were going right out of the gates. Oh, 5X optical zoom range. Our brains yeah. jumped immediately to the assumption 5X optical zoom. And it's really 4.5 range, not even 5X yeah. optical range, right? And, um, you know, so you're getting basically a true two and a half optical on the Pro Max, a true 2X optical zoom on the Pros. You followed them for a long time. Did Was that curious to you? I mean, it just, I've never seen, I, I just don't, you know, I know companies don't like to kind of shape a narrative and also how people perceive things, but that was just kind of a little, that was kind of a little different if, if you ask me. I was, just, yeah. it hit a lot. And it was, I don't want to say they were trying to deliberately be deceptive. I don't think that's the point. They didn't want to admit like, hey, we only got a 2X zoom still, optical zoom. But I didn't like that. I didn't like how it was presented. It kind of, kind of made me go like, Ugh, why are you doing that, Apple? That's not normally, you don't really do things that deliberately. How, how did you feel about that whole situation? Yeah, I have two modes. Like camera nerd Renee really gets annoyed by a lot of the stuff that they talk about. Like I'm not talking about deep trench isolation. That kind of stuff is nerdy fun. But when they say things like it's a wide angle, it's really normal. And the telephoto, it's really not a telephoto. And zoom, like even the iPhone 7, it didn't, it doesn't zoom. It goes from an effective 32 to an effective 54. Like there's, it's not like a zoom lens, like on a camera where I can twist something and optically move in and out of it. I'm just choosing between two discrete prime lenses, basically. So the whole thing, like, I get on one level that they're trying to explain camera concepts to people who don't know them. And I tend to say it steps, like it'll step from an ultra wide to a quote unquote wide to a quote unquote telly. But yeah, that's, it's like you're going back or you're going forward. It's it's not what people assume, especially if you know what a zoom is. It's not at all what you expect. And I always think, yes, talk to people in language they understand, but Treat them like they're intelligent and don't make it seem like it's something it's not. Yeah. And I was horribly confused too. I'm like, did did are they actually because one of my big wish list items for these iPhones was better zoom because I think mm-hmm. that's one of the areas Apple's really behind. Like Huawei and Samsung have their periscopes. Google was doing super res zoom. And it does look like Apple is applying smart HDR for smart zoom now because like 10x digital looks way better mm-hmm. than it did last year. So I, I think they're doing sort of what Google did last year with the Pixel 4, but that's not that's not a zoom. It's still different in kind. Yeah, I, I it just it just I I I was just frustrated about because everyone, even from tech people to my friends, were like, "Oh my gosh, the iPhone finally has a 5x optical." I'm like, "No, right." <laughs> no. And you want that because like your kids are in the park or your dog is running around or you're sightseeing and you want to be able to go across the street without going across the street. It's an important feature and it's one yeah. I still think they really need to address. And I was confused like you. I thought we got it. And then I'm like, what What happened to my Zoom? <laughs> where, did, where did it go? It's where, all gone. But um, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, that the highest level Zoom, at least optical two and a half is going to be in the Pro Max. Now we have the mini, right? This four, the mini that price point, six nine nine, that size. I mean, I don't. We don't know yet, but I've got to imagine that might. It's it either be the twelve or that one might be the best selling iPhone of this bunch. I don't know what you think about that. Um, but in addition to that, are you a Pro Max guy for this year, or because I'm really curious about that camera now. I'm not. 
I've already felt how big this is. Quite honestly, I'm not going to put anything bigger in my pocket. But everything they say when they talk about the 47% larger sensor, yeah, it, the pictures they've shown of some of the night mode stuff that I definitely cannot get from this, I'm really curious what, what that camera is going to be like. So where are you at kind of thinking of which model is going to be the top seller and then your take your thoughts on the Pro Max, even though we haven't seen seen it yet? Yeah, I think it's still going to be the 12. I just because I think there's a, a market for the smaller phone. It's not that inexpensive. It's not like iPhone SE inexpensive where they'll get a big boost off people wanting to spend less. So it'll really be the people who like smaller phones. And I think that's just a slightly smaller market, especially because it's going to come with a smaller battery. Uh, and that's going to be, I think, a point of tension. Everyone always says, I want it smaller, but everything else the same. And it's like physics. Physics is a you're jerk. The 12 you, know? mini, you're, you mean the 12 mini right now, correct? Yeah, the 12 mini. Yeah, 12 mini, yes. And the Max will be the opposite. Like, I really want the Max because I really want the biggest, the best camera I can get. And I use the Plus models. I use the 7 Plus, mm-hmm. um, and I use the I used the 6S 6, 6 Plus, 6S Plus, 7 Plus, even the 8 Plus because I always wanted the, best, the biggest camera. But when the... 10s max came out i just didn't feel the need for it i stuck on the i stayed with the 10s it was it, the screen was big enough and it wasn't this giant colossus like peter rasputin in my hands anymore <laughs> ooh, and now ooh, hold up dropping the marvel <laughs> x-men okay okay you got it in there i appreciate that i love that's that. what i named i actually named the i named all my phones after x-men so i had that really one was, well except for last year last year i went with warbird binary and marvel just because i was enamored <laughs> okay 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 hold on Finish your Pro Max point, and I'm yes. gonna. I need to find out which X Men you named. This is cool. Okay, so anyways, All continuing right. on with the Pro Max. I'll fin- yeah, so I, I'm for sure getting one, and I will try to use it as my daily phone. If it's just too big, though, I'm I, I'm gonna have to buy a Pro as well. I've just bought a 12 so far, but I'll buy a Pro as well and use that as my daily, and then just use the Pro Max as like a ca- like a, an additional camera for my YouTubing. Mm. So so you're the one that you bought is a 12 with the assumption or thinking that you're hoping the 12 Pro Max delivers yeah. on those camera promises because you don't need a 12 Pro and a 12 Pro Max. It's either... Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's that's actually really cool. Okay, that that's really cool that that's, you're thinking of that setup because also, you know, one fits in your pocket and the only one you bring that out when you really want to get, you know, get those good camera stuff. Yeah. So I know we're going back through a lot of iPhones, but I'd like to hear, you know, at least the ones you can remember, which X-Men you associated with which iPhones... This is really interesting. Yeah, so I have to try to remember. So right now, um, my Which, what's 10, the, yeah, what's the twelve? Oh, sorry, go ahead. The, but yeah, my twelve and my twelve Pro are Mystique and Magic. Um, <laughs> Mystique because of the blue. That I just had mm. to. I had to go with Mystique because Ooh, of the blue. That's a good. That's a good. Great call. Great call. And I, I'm thinking the Max might end up being Juggernaut because it's just so big. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't I was know. thinking in my brain. I was like, you, if you Ooh. haven't used Juggernaut yet, that would be a good one. Last year, I deviated because of the Avengers, and I just went with binary because the two cameras, and then Warbird for the Pro, and then Marvel for the Pro Max. Um, the year before that, the, the 10s Max was Colossus, and the 10s I'm blanking on. But before that, I, the 8 and the 8 Plus were Siren and Banshee, and, <laughs> oh, and the 10 was Shadowcat. And I just... I, but I, Ooh, I, I, I've had Cyclops and, uh, and Havoc, I think, where the, the sevens were Cyclops and Havoc. One be- the seven because it only had one eye. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that, that's cool. I'm all, wasn't that a single lens? That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then I, it goes back, but I have, I'd have to you know, find, find some record of it to see. That's a, fun, that's a fun naming convention. 
I dig that yeah. a lot. I mean, being a comic book nerd like we both are, um, that that is really cool. Okay, so we have the entire lineup. Oh, and I have no. to add, sorry, I, I oh, apologize. The, oh, the first time they did Product Red, that was Phoenix because it had to be. Mm. So the Red 7 was Phoenix. I'm trying to think who would, for a gold one, is there... I think no. my gold one was Dazzler. I think when I had the gold one, it was Dazzler. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they come up with some like super like metal, like just like this, the ultra industrial metal one that looks like a adamantium claw, then yeah, you know, we gotta go. We gotta get Wolverine. Even even heck, even the ten could have been Wolverine. I been. Yeah, I haven't used Wolverine yet. That's odd because I'm Canadian, but I, this hasn't happened. That's true. That's important. That's important. All right, Renee. So. Love your takes on the whole iPhone family. You own a 12. You're looking to get the 12 Pro Max. Yeah. You know, I wanted to also, before we kind of wrap up, and thanks for so much of your time, there's so oh, much more you. stuff that's coming out that Apple's been working on. I'm I'm genuinely excited for this whole Apple Silicon transition, yeah. what it means for the line, what it means for integration now if you're talking to, if you think about what they've done with the phone and everything they've done by controlling what 80% of what goes in here and now applying that to the Mac line and then building these connections that we haven't even necessarily thought about between this and those because they can really control every aspect of it. Um, what are you excited about with Apple Silicon? I know, I know you're pretty juiced for it too. Yeah. So it's exactly what you mentioned. It's the integration. And it's, it's one of those things that I think people don't always appreciate, especially if you're not like a Final Cut Pro user, for example. Because mm. even when, like there was this really weird time where people who didn't understand how benchmarks worked, like yes, there was a bug in the 2017 MacBook Pro, they fixed it, but people didn't know how benchmarks worked. So like, oh, Macs are thermally throttled. I'm throwing them in the trash and I'm buying this HP um, and they're using Premiere. And I'm like, Benchmarks are meaningless. Like the only benchmarks that matters is time to completed work. Like I take footage, I ingest it, I edit it, I export it, and I'm uploading to YouTube. And the speed, like to make that speed the shortest amount possible is the only thing that matters to me. And the way that Apple does things like Final Cut Pro, I mean, I, I use, I've used Adobe for decades. I still have an Adobe subscription, but they discovered GPU acceleration last year. And I'm like, I'm hitting my watch, like Judge Judy going, come on, come on. No, I, I know how you feel. I've just stuck with it. But yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but you look at Apple and like, even now, Jonathan Morrison is doing these tests on iMovie on iPad, and uh, Aaron from Zolotech did some too. And the export speeds mm-hmm. for for this footage are ridiculous, and that's because they're not using uh, merchant silicon, like a, a chip that's supposed to do eight different things for three different vendors. They're using stuff that they made. And so my dream is that sort of what we saw with the Mac Pro where they have like afterburner cards is that they'll make this Apple Silicon specifically to accelerate the things that Mac people typically do. And in the beginning, that'll be like virtualization and emulation and you know a bunch of nerdy things for developers, sure. But also like if you use Logic or you use Final Cut, there's specific silicon in there that makes it just even faster. It's like an afterburner laptop, mm-hmm. basically. And that to me is like, Yes, it won't be like as good a, gener- a general computer, and you know there'll still be PCs for people who want. And for gaming, I have no delusions about <laughs> Apple and gaming. But just for me as a Final Cut user, I expect whatever the Apple Silicon MacBook Pro, maybe not year one, but like year two, year three, is going to be monstrous in ways we don't even expect yet. Mm-hmm. I- I'm totally on board with you there. And I- I've always thought that once they 
put Final Cut Pro on an iPad Pro, which they can, and we know that they're doing yeah. something with that. That that might be the thing that makes me finally jump over to Final Cut Pro. And you know, when you're starting, like you and I are both independent. You know, I've been on Premiere for so long. I didn't want to take the time to yeah. change my brain to learn Final Cut when it was important for me to get content out and make a living and build this thing up, right? Like it it takes time. Like I can I have my timeline ready. I can throw my stuff in. I know exactly my workflow. Knowing that the GPU acceleration, the render real-time rendering in the background makes a difference, but just the fact that my brain will have to pause maybe 20 different times right now to just kind of wait, I do it here in this way and this way. Like I'm not ready to jump over to Final Cut Pro, even yeah. though Everyone's saying I'm that way with Resolve. You know, everyone says like mm-hmm. Resolve is so good at color grading. I'm like, I, I, I just, it, I don't understand it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, t- like anything, we we work with what works best for us. And but I'm, I mean, if if it gets to that point, like exactly what you're talking about, and all those benefits that we know are going to come, it's just a wait and see of what it actually is when it arrives. I mean, even just let's talk about battery life for the general yeah. consumer. That that. That in itself is going to be a big step. Even if, look, there were rumblings that, oh, a MacBook could get 20 hours of battery life. Okay, I don't even care about 20. If it gets like four or five more, that's a big jump for me too, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Intel has been suffering lately. Like AMD is on fire, but Intel Mm -hmm. for... Um, I think it's Rocket Lake for the desktop. They're going back to seven to, to 14 nanometers and they're going to make up for it by just making the die bigger and um, running the voltage higher. And that's like, Apple's going to look at that for an iMac and go, nope, nope, mm-hmm. or nope. Like it doesn't fit in our chassis. We're so sorry. So it, like it makes a ton of sense to me. And I know some people are like, why don't you just go AMD? And I think AMD is doing really well now, but Intel was doing really well a few years ago. And I think they just finally want the same sort of certainty or control of their own destiny that they've had with iOS devices, which have worked out pretty good so far. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's nothing that has shown us that Apple can't actually handle this from a manufacturing, design, custom processor side. You know, we already are hearing talks that they're working on their own custom GPU now um, that would pair with their own custom processor. You know, you talk about a company kind of transforming themselves right in front of our eyes. You know, this could be a thing where, you know, Intel's always going to be around, AMD will always be around, but what happens in five years when maybe Apple's processors start ending up in other machines, right? What happens if they decide that they're at a point in the game where they can actually start licensing this out to others? That, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, it's a, it's on the table. Yeah, and I think what's potentially more dangerous, I don't want to use the word dangerous, but mm-hmm. like, the only thing we haven't seen from Apple is higher wattage. Like they're running at five or six watts on an iPhone or an iPad, where like Intel is up at like I think 60, 90 watts, and mm. uh, Nvidia and AMD are like 200 to 300 watts on those things. And I, I don't know if Apple would ever license silicon, but I I do yeah. think it's highly likely that Qualcomm and even Nvidia and AMD will duplicate their model because AMD licenses x86 and and um, X64, they're, you know, they invented X64, but I don't think they're beholden to it the way Intel is. And Qualcomm has struggled with it, but there's nothing that does the industry better than Apple just handing them a map and saying, hey, this is what we did. <laughs> I, it, it's it's the ultimate disruption right now that may not be the sexiest, but is, I mean, for, for us that follow this and our fans, I mean, it's really exciting. 
It's really yeah. exciting. And my biggest disappointment is that for some reason, Samsung just cannot get their silicon together. Like Exynos has been terabad for two years, but they're exactly positioned like Apple, even more because they have their own fabs. Like they're, they're struggling now with their eight nanometer process. That's what NVIDIA's uh, Ampere is on. And it's not quite as good, but if they could just get their act together, they could make like everything Apple makes for Windows, for, for Galaxy, for all of that. And then it gets like really exciting for consumers. Yeah, it, I, and it's also part of it is what makes, I don't know, not what makes me sad, but it, it's look like Samsung does so many amazing things, quite honestly, from a tech standpoint. They, they arguably are one of those companies that actually drive these trends that don't yeah. become popular until, quite honestly, a big machine like Apple does it. Like, it's it's crazy, right? I mean, the innovation is there, but, you know, from a marketing standpoint and a perception standpoint, now I'm, I'm talking more about U.S. I mean, in Korea, they crush it, right? But even yes. talking to Samsung reps, they talk about how some of the younger generation is iPhone, 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 and they're, even though Samsung has a huge hold over in Korea because Samsung over there is more than just phones. It's refrigerators, yeah. it's appliances. It's actually like there's national pride that people don't understand. They, in the U.S., they think, about oh, Samsung, eh, I don't like their phone. But over in Korea, it's 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 part of the life. You know, they own um, like pharmacies and yeah. grocery stores. Like Samsung is a multinational conglomerate over there. We're here. It's like, oh, it's just tech products. So, yes. you know, they... They they do a lot of amazing things, but it always kind of makes me sad. But it, it just the way the dynamic is is you know, look, Apple doesn't even have reverse wireless charging on their phone yet. Yeah. There was a recent report that an FCC filing revealed that it could actually be there, but for whatever reason, maybe the the charging wasn't up to Apple's standard, and they didn't actually flip that switch. No, people don't really talk about reverse wireless charging and yes, it will drain your phone more, but the fact that it exists yeah. is kind of badass. And I can only imagine maybe this is iPhone 13, 2021 when they start saying you can charge your AirPods on an iPhone when you can already charge your AirPods on a Samsung phone right now, right? Yeah. Through wireless char- Once There's Apple a joke does that the that- Galaxy Note is the uh, Silicon Valley air power. <laughs> it could be. It could be. It really is. Um, so you know, I think Gurman yesterday was saying that AirTags are supposed to charge that way. Oh yeah, could potentially charge that way as well, right? Yeah. I mean, which is, which is wild. So it just it's always a reminder of how in in many ways, even if Apple does wrong, they can do no wrong. It had, they they're just shown really good at packaging. Like they're really mm-hmm. good at. Like there's some com- it's, it's that thing that Steve Jobs talks about, and that Jeff Bezos at Amazon talks about. It's like don't talk to me about the technology, talk to me about the experience, or don't tell me what you want to make, write the press release for how we're going to ship it. And I think a lot of companies are just like, oh, this is a cool chipset, let's put it in there, mm-hmm. see what people mm-hmm. do with it. Where like Apple never shipped NFC, they shipped Apple Pay. And so like as a user, I got an NFC radio, I'm not going to put these little tags in my house, I don't even, like, I don't even want to, but Apple, boom, like they're just going to go running around and doing it. And they come <laughs> up with these names that, you know, we find goofy sometimes, but for people, it's, it's a feature set like MagSafe isn't just inductive charging it's like ooh like they're just really good at at making technology in a way that consumers see value and understand and are willing to pay for and I think that's the that's the area of innovation that they really excel in Mm-mm. yeah that, that is absolutely their secret sauce so Renee um you know I just want to say thank you so much for your time uh, you do just amazing work I'm happy oh, and you. 
love to see how you've grown as a creator. I mean, you've been independent for less than a year. Is that right? Where are you at around? How many months? Six and a half months. Dude, you're a beast. Everyone, you got to go check it out. YouTube.com slash Renee Ritchie. What are other ways that they can find some of your, some of your work as well? I'm just Renee Ritchie at everything. So Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, YouTube. And I have to say like the only reason that I'm doing at least partially well is because of people like you. And you were very kind and very generous, especially at the beginning, uh, helping me figure out just what the hell to do. And it's, it, I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, it's, it's all about lifting the community up, lifting other people up. You know, I always find it fascinating how in certain industries there's like um, a competitive beef per se, but I, you know, the internet is so big and so wide. Yeah. I never feel like you should, you should actually watch, you know, five people to 10 people talking about a product. Don't watch one person, For watch sure. multiple people. You're going to learn different things from different people. You're going to like things and dislike things from multiple people. It's important to do that. And all we got to do is just click on a icon or a thumbnail and get it right in our hand. So, you know, that's why I've always, no matter how big or small a creator is, I always want to encourage them and just help in any way I can and just kind of, it's it's good, it's good juju. It's good juju yes. to do that too. Yes, you know? yeah, absolutely. You know? All right, Renee, um, thanks again, man. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and just hanging out and talking all things Apple. I mean, we'll do it again. Yeah, man, anytime. Thanks so much, I love this. So there you go. Pretty much about everything that you could think of about the iPhone 12 Pro. I mean, some people will say, hey, why don't you talk about the notch? Well, we've talked about the notch forever. It's still there. Why don't you talk about 120 hertz? Well, 120 hertz isn't there. We know it's not there. There's certain things that we didn't cover that some people were complaining to me about my review, even though, you know, people that typically follow me know we've been talking about this stuff ad nauseum. So you're kind of in the know where we stand with everything. But that was always fun. And Renee just brings some like killer perspective and always these kind of cool nuggets there. So appreciate him coming out. But we also got to appreciate our Platinum Apple supporters at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. This is at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your support. And again, I can't say thanks enough to all of you who are continuing to support my content, this show, this podcast, my videos. It's been a crazy techtober tech season. Um, there are still plenty of reviews coming out, quite honestly. I sat on it a little bit um, on purpose, but I'm releasing my Apple Watch one month later review. I'm I'm going to say, I know I keep on promising things, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it out this next week. I got some game consoles to do. I got an iPad Air 4 review to get finished because I'm only one man. But uh, we're going to chug through it. So thank you again for all your support. And I really just hope that you're enjoying all this coverage, especially during this just unbelievable, crazy Apple season. So thanks again, everybody. Uh, We will be back here, obviously, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We will also address your calls. We got some. But, you know, when you have a long podcast like this, that's an hour and four minutes. I think we should probably, or what is it at now? One hour, six minutes and 32 seconds. If you look at that and re-listen to it and time it, it was exactly the way I said it. All right, take everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.